0: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. That's H-A-W-G-sports.com. Today we're going to talk Razorback football, basketball, baseball, as always. We're going to talk some recruiting with Danny West. Pete Roulier is going to join us also. We're going to answer your questions as we always do. It's all happening on Hogsports Live. Well, today I want to open the show. I want to do something fun. I want to do a little top 10 Razorback thing. I, I've seen a lot of lists out there on social media and on YouTube and other places listing the top 10 Razorbacks, and I'm just kind of like, ah, it looks like you just kind of went down the list and, and went over the stats from last year. So I've got a little bit of a, a projection and things like that that I wanted to do with this top 10 list for Razorback football next year. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. First, we got an honorable mention candidate, Connor Lempert. Arkansas kicker Connor Limpert. Uh, I didn't want to put him in the top 10 because he's a kicker. Sorry, Connor, but guy went 19 of 24 last year, uh, 29 of 29 on extra points, two of three from 50 yards to the long of 55 against Vanderbilt, and as a career is 27 of 33 on field goals. That's 81.8%. It's a pretty solid field goal kicker. I feel like he's gotten Uh, A lot better at getting his kickoffs deeper and would expect him to further improve in that area. Went on scholarship last year. So an honorable mention nod for Connor Limpert. Number 10, Monteric Brown. Now, Monteric Brown is a bit of a projection pick. You go over his stats from last year, he played in all 11 games, he started three of them, he had nine tackles, that's not a lot, Uh, but he is a former four-star recruit and started the last game last year uh, due to a suspension for Ryan Pulley. But from everything that we've gathered throughout the spring, Monteric Brown had a really, really solid uh, 15 practices, had like five interceptions or something at last check, so Monteric Brown is your number 10 Razorback heading into next year. Again, it's more of a projection pick, not just based on what they did last year. Now, before I get into the rest of the top 10, I want to remind everybody to go ahead and start getting your questions in for Danny. He's going to join us here in a little bit, so get your questions in for Danny West. If you got any baseball questions for Pete Roulier, also get those in as well. I wanna remind you to go ahead and like, share, follow, comment. If you haven't thrown us that thumbs up yet at the start of the video, you like the content that we produce in other videos as well, go ahead and throw us that thumbs up. If you like what we're doing, um, also, if you're listening on podcast, then I wanna go ahead and encourage you to throw us five stars and also uh, give us that rating as well. You can listen in many different ways. You can listen here on Facebook Live, you can listen on YouTube. We always have it on Hog Sports. And uh, you can also listen on podcasts versus, via Apple Podcast, uh Stitcher, and Spotify. So a lot of different ways to tune into the show. All right, let's get back to it. Number nine, again, a bit of a projection pick, Dorian Gerald, Arkansas senior defensive end. 21 tackles last year, two and a half tackles for loss, started three games. The thing about Dorian Gerald that I like, is his upside. He's a guy that came in overweight last year. was really just a few days before the start of fall camp. So got off to a late start out of junior college. Was 280-something pounds, 285 pounds, down to 260-something right now. So he's lost a lot of weight. Uh, His move also... Uh, allows McTelman a game to move inside, which I think is is also critical and another reason that he is valuable. So, Dorian Gerald, not the biggest defensive end at 6'3", 269. I say, should say that from a height-wise length standpoint, but a guy that has a lot of ability, I think is going to make a nice impact last year and really – when you talk about his addition, you've got Dorian Gerald, McTelvin Aguim, T.J. Smith, and Gabe Richardson right now are the, are the four defensive linemen. They're all seniors, so I think that's probably going to be the strong suit of this team next year. So, Dorian Gerald, a bit of a projection pick, but Dorian Gerald is my number nine Razorback right now. Cameron Curl, safety. Cameron Curl is my number eight pick, and I think that Cameron has a lot of ability, too. Uh, last year, he started – Well, let's just go back to how his career played out. As a true freshman, uh, Ryan Pulley was hurt in the first game, and then Cameron Curl moved in and and played cornerback, started cornerback basically every game there, and was picked on a lot. You know, there were times where he was in good position and stuff, but he was just picked on so much that he gave up a bunch of plays I thought he made a positive move to safety last year, started every game but the last one for a suspension, had 53 tackles. He's got 99 for his career. The one thing that stands out to me about Cameron, though, is he's got no interceptions. No interceptions after starting almost every game last year and almost every game as a freshman, no interceptions. So he he needs to pick that area up, but I think that he has the ability to be a leader heading into his junior year for Arkansas. Number seven, Bumper Pool. Again, a bit of a projection pick by me, but when you look at what he did last year, he started four games, a lot of it because obviously uh, Dre Greenlaw was injured, uh, but had 29 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss. The number that stands out to me is four pass defenses. So the only guys that had more pass defended than him was Dejon Harris, who had five, who was a starting linebacker all year. Jarquez McClellian, and Ryan Pulley, who were your starting cornerbacks. So Bumper Pull, who was a backup linebacker last year, had the fourth most uh, pass deflections on the team. What stood out to me last year was the amount of plays that he made in such a short amount of time on the field. Now he made a lot of errors. There's no question he made errors, and that's something that just comes with freshman linebackers. Anybody who's you know subscribed to Hog Sports or listen to me on the radio or listen to this podcast knows that. I hate freshman linebackers. I don't hate Bumper Pool, but I just don't like seeing those guys in starting roles. Support, backup roles, sure. But what you're always going to see is those guys are going to make, as talented as they are, they're going to make as many mistakes as they make plays. So Bumper Pool, now having gone through two springs, although he was out for a lot of the first spring, but having gone through two springs, a full, solid year on campus, plus some. Uh, I think you're going to see a huge jump with him starting at at the Will linebacker spot. Going to be a much-needed position, a position they need to keep healthy because they're just not very depth at linebacker. All right, the one stipulation I had on this list is I wanted to do all guys that were coming back, had at least been here for the spring, but there's one, one change because my number six spot goes to either Ben Hicks or Nick Starkle. One of these two quarterbacks I think is uh, going to be needed to be one of your top ten players. I've got it at six right now. It's just a projection on – and really it's it's due to some other guys that I think are definitely in your top five. So if you look at Ben Hicks, the positives with him is he threw for 3,500 yards last year, 33 touchdowns uh, – excuse me, not last year, but his last year under under Chad Morris – 33 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. The thing that you have to like about him is he has so much experience playing under Chad Morris. More experience than anybody on Arkansas's roster uh, and had a lot of success, albeit on a lower level. The thing that you like about Nick Starkle, he threw for almost 1,800 yards uh, in 2017. 14 touchdowns, six interceptions. This is his year as a starter. He was injured. He had a broken ankle, I believe. It was a broken ankle and missed a lot of starts when they had Kellen Mond in there uh, replacing him. But his last game as a starter came against West Virginia, had 499 passing yards, four touchdowns, and an interception in a game that they lost, like 55-51 or something like that. So uh, I do think both of those guys have a lot of potential Hicks mainly because he's been in the system and he's going through the spring. I think those are benefits to him. Starkle, I think, has more physical upside, but he's also played on a bigger level. He won the starting job at Texas A&M under under, uh, Kevin Sumlin, so that's definitely notable. All right, so those two quarterbacks, one of those guys, I've got him in the top six. I didn't want to put him in the top five just because, uh, you know, just because of a little bit more unknown. But speaking of that unknown, here's my number five guy. Trey Knox, wide receiver Trey Knox, no stats last year. The guy's just a baller. I think what you – you got a little bit of a glimpse of it in the red-white game uh, with that 45-yard touchdown catch. He seemed to catch a a touchdown in – I guess, every scrimmage. The thing that stood out to me about Knox is not just his size. I knew he was going to be big at 6'5", all of 6'5", by the way. He's one of these guys that is absolutely 6'5", maybe taller, long arms, just a great frame. But the quickness is what stood out to me. I was surprised at how, how fast he got in and out of cuts. and uh, It really took one move. He did a double move on the first practice, and I was just like, wow, this guy's got it. I don't know how long it's going to take Trey Knox to emerge, but eventually he is going to emerge. I could see him having the same type of impact like a Marcus Monk had for Arkansas. So Trey Knox, and I think he's going to be the best wide receiver on the team. Now, there are some other guys like Mike Woods I wanted to put in there, but I just feel like Trey Knox has this special ability where we're going to see him on the next level one day. Number four, McTelvin Sosa-Aguim. Now, McTelvin has the possibility to be number one on this list. He's got the physical ability. I think the addition of a guy like Dorian Gerald uh, makes him even more valuable because now he's able to work more on the inside. Now, some I hear people say he needs to add more weight and stuff like that. He's about 280 pounds. I think that's about a good weight for a three-tech, which he'll mostly play. I mean, he'll shift. Obviously, he'll be a a one technique also, but – most of those defensive tackles in the NFL, you see, you know, about 280 to 300 pounds. Uh, I think he fits that mold pretty well. You want him to continue to be a good pass rusher. He had 10 tackles for loss last year. He was second on the team with four and a half sacks. Uh, and first, tied for first with three fumble, uh, forced fumbles. So um, I think McTelvin Aguim has uh, I think – we're going to see him in the NFL draft. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL draft coming up here too, but we're going to see him in the NFL draft next year. Uh, so McTelvin, again, my number four spot. It gets hard here when you're talking about the top five. Number three, Rakeem Boyd. Rakeem Boyd, who missed the entire spring this year. This is a guy that got off to a, an extremely slow start. He arrived a week before fall camp last year. And then in the next, like, two months, they put 15 pounds on the guy. Uh, he had a shoulder issue all of last year that, that kept him out. You know, there was the old Miss game where he got hurt. I feel like if they or if they keep Rakeem Boyd in that game, then I think that he ends up uh, – that Arkansas ends up winning the game. I think he had his 69-yard run in, in that game, if I'm not mistaken. But he had eight starts last year. It really happened when Deb whaley went down with an injury. 123 carries for 734 yards, six yards per carry, only two touchdowns. And as I mentioned, that long of 69. But – if he comes back fully healthy from the shoulder injury, and like I said, he only he only practiced a little bit last uh, this past spring and was all in a yellow jersey, which means no contact whatsoever. It was just you know taking a few handoffs here and there. But if he comes back fully from this shoulder injury and is able to stay healthy, this is a 1,000-yard back who's going possibly to the NFL as a junior next year. So uh, he was definitely Arkansas's biggest playmaker when he was healthy last season out of the backfield. And they're going to be okay. they got to stay healthy. You know, DevWall is another guy you could make an argument could be on this list too. Devall doesn't necessarily have the breakaway type of speed that Boyd has, not quite on that level, but he's still a very good player. Um, okay, number two, Cheyenne O'Grady. He just has to get out of his own way. O'Grady last season was suspended very early. So he missed the, I think, the first two games. He was suspended early because of Wallfield stuff. And it's always something like that heading into the season with O'Grady. The guy has a world of ability. He was Arkansas's one real playmaker in the passing game. Mike Wood started to emerge there, but O'Grady is a guy that if you can get the ball to him, he can be consistent. I heard You know, all kinds of stuff about Razorback wide receivers last year. You know, they're not getting the ball to them. They're not making plays because they can't get the ball. O'Grady didn't seem to have a hard time making plays. I mean, this is a guy, again, who had trouble getting out of his own way early, has always had some maturity issues that he'll be the first to tell you about. Uh, And hopefully this last go around is his – he can go to the NBA – or the NBA. He can go to the NFL. C.J. O'Grady can go to the NFL, but he has got to keep his nose clean. He's got to stay on the field, but he can be a real weapon. I mean, 30 catches for 400 yards, he could have 800 yards this year. He absolutely could, or better. I mean, he could be Arkansas's go-to guy. 30 catches for 400 yards, six touchdowns. Um, and again just needs to get out of his own way but CGO Grady has a world of ability and really at the position that is the second most difficult position to learn on offense the second most important position to learn in this offense is tight end because they're asking to do so much there are so many things that we didn't see the tight ends do last year that I think that we'll start to see them do next year all right time for number one drum roll Dijon Scuda-Harris. Dijon Harris, I think everybody probably projected he'd be number one on this list. Not only is he the leader for the Razorback defense, he is the leader of the Razorbacks total, all total. I mean, they're going to have some other guys step up in leadership roles like uh, Ben Hicks or Nick Starkle and some of those guys, but Dijon Harris is definitely entrenched, has the respect of the entire team. Uh, AP second team, all-SEC last year, led the SEC with 9.83 tackles per game the second year in a row he was in the top three. Uh, in total tackles, had 118 uh, tackles. This is a guy that will be all SEC again, and uh, I guess is Arkansas's best linebacker possibly since Martrell Spate. I mean, Dre Greenlaw's up there. Dre Dre dealt with a lot of injuries, but Dejon Harris, as far as being a middle linebacker, um, is way up there. So that's pretty much it. Let me know what you think, guys. If you think that if you like the list, if you got some some uh, changes that you would make to that list, let me know. Um, and be sure to go ahead and get your questions in for Danny West. And speaking of Danny, we're going to go ahead and bring him in. What's Danny West. How you doing, brother?
1: Doing good, man. What's going on today?
0: Oh, nothing. We just ran through our top 10 list. I don't know if you were able to listen. I did the top 10 Razorbacks. I'll go over them for order, order real quick with you. I went with Connor Lempert as an honorable mention. Monteric Brown at 10. Dorian Gerald at nine. Cramer Curl at eight. Bumper Pool at seven. And then I went with a split, Nick Starkle or Ben Hicks at six. I wanted to keep them outside the top five, but I went with uh, number five, Trey Knox, four, McTelvin Aguim, three, Rakeem Boyd, two, C.J. O'Grady, and number one, Dijon Harris. What do you think of my list?
1: I like Scooter up top. Um, I'm with you on C.J. O'Grady. It's it's a money year, you know. He's yeah. fixing to make some money.
0: He's just got to get on, out of his own way.
1: I agree. Uh, it'd be tough for me to, to not put – Sosa at number two or three. Mm-hmm. I think he said I think this is going to be the one. You know, we keep waiting on Sosa to have that humongous year that we kind of always expected from him, but I think this might be it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you on that list. I, Cameron Curl might be moving up for me. I'm not sure. I, I thought he had a really good spring, so mm-hmm. he did. Yeah, I can't can't argue with that list at all.
0: Yeah, I, I mean. We could move it around all kinds of ways. I like my top yeah. five a lot, uh, even with, with Trey Knox as a projection pick. And who knows how long it'll take him to to emerge. Uh, so, I guess jumping kind of into recruiting, Danny, you had a, uh, a Wednesday notebook with another target setting an official visit and, of course, uh, a lot of other stuff going on in recruiting. I guess the coaches were off Monday but back out on the road now?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're back out on the road. Justin Steph is down in Mississippi. He was in New Orleans yesterday. And the day before, so he's been all over. I think Coach Trailer yesterday was in Iowa. He went up to Iowa Western Community College, checking out a slew of running backs up there that they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Barry Lunny's in Oklahoma today. He's going to be checking out a couple of JUCOs later this afternoon. I'm missing somebody. Uh, oh, Coach Mark, Mark Smith is mm-hmm. down in, uh, in down in Dallas today. So, yeah, they're back at it. You mentioned uh, the official visitor that we've added. Last night, Brandon Frazier will be coming in next week. He's actually doing, as opposed to starting his visit on Friday, he's going to be coming in a day early, starting that visit next Thursday, running through Friday for his 48-hour visit. Really big-time target out of McKinney uh, North, a tight end prospect, really big kid, and uh, one that it wouldn't surprise me. I keep talking about it. You know, they've already got Alan Horse. At the tight end spot in this year's class, and it wouldn't surprise me if Brandon is is number two. If not, they're starting to line up some new names that, that I'll be getting into uh, either later this afternoon or early in the morning. Some guys to keep an eye on. So, um, yeah, be looking for that. And then, uh, of course, next weekend as well, you've got Jahari Rogers coming in, a four-star cornerback out of Arlington, Texas. You've got. Uh, Would you say do you think to- Arkansas
0: is the favorite for a Rogers? What do you What do you think? Nah, I saw him. Know, I, I saw him briefly listed on the twenty four seven sports database. It listed Arkansas as a favorite, and then I looked at it the next time, and it was gone. So I don't know if somebody did that as on accident or or what. Well,
1: I, I'll be honest with you. I'm the one that took that off because, to mm-hmm. my knowledge, that that's not accurate. Okay. And you know, we try our we try our best to keep that thing. Yeah. You know, from from people who aren't even subscribed, they can go to a kid's profile page and come come away with the wrong impression mm-hmm. real quick. So. Uh, Yeah, I tried to fix that Now, they're obviously in the mix Very much in the mix Or or he wouldn't be coming in for an official next week But, yeah, I think Oklahoma may be in the mix there Going to be tough to beat Which, by the way, you know uh, Ryan Watts, the four-star corner He was slated to be in that uh, Coming next week And obviously committed to Oklahoma over the weekend So there's your annual guy That, you know, Arkansas finds before everybody else They get in there and he blows up, and then all of a sudden, it's uh, you know, thanks for the offer, but see ya. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, who was it last year? It majors,
0: better. the the major kid. Yeah, uh, there were
1: a couple last year. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, one, ironically, was another four-star corner, ended up being a four-star corner, yeah. Peyton Powell, the cornerback out of uh, West Texas. I think he was Odessa, way out in West Texas. Well, the, but Mark Smith found him early. And, I'm not sure where he ended up.
0: The good thing uh, about TCU this staff, maybe. though, Danny. The good thing about this staff is that there there's enough guys like that that they they end up doing pretty well. You know, I can go back to Brett's staff, and it seemed like they would identify players. I mean, everybody identifies players, but they'd get stolen from them. You know, and they there wasn't enough of them, uh, so right. they are in on enough of them. By the way, this Brandon Fraser guy you mentioned, big tight end, 6'7", 231 pounds. What's what's Gabe's? Uh, gabe brooks's evaluation our uh, regional recruiting guy who covers texas arkansas oklahoma louisiana what's his what's his thoughts on brandon frazier
1: well that's a good question i would have to ask gabe (laughs) well i'm just wondering because
0: he's he's ranked number 35 tight end nationally 971 and you know he's got some good options out there i just wonder it feels like just looking at him, his options, you know, looking at the video of him, it seems sure. like he'd be rated yeah. a little bit higher and maybe one of those yeah. guys that's going to be rated higher but but isn't yet. That's the category
1: I would put him in, Trey. I mean, when you think, uh, yeah, by the composite ranking, he's 35th tight end. Uh, and, of course, on 24-7 sports rankings, he's 23rd tight end. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think that's probably a bit low. I'm not saying he's uh, – I'm not pushing him for four-star, but – Probably an '87, '88 type guy, based on what I've seen, the size, the the you know the production, the film that I've looked at, and of course the offer list. He's he's got some quality offers there. So, yeah, I don't want to speak for Gabe, obviously, but I I do think he would probably agree that's uh, you know Brandon may be moving up eventually. Mm -hmm.
0: Danny West joining us from hogsports.com. Danny mentioned subscribers earlier. If you're not subscribed to hogsports.com, there is a ton of stuff that you're not getting right now. We always find that people don't realize everything that we offer at hogsports.com with our premium form, the Razor's Edge, dropping news on there, all the insider information we provide along with regular content. You can subscribe right now for a dollar. You can take you can do a seven-day free trial right now if you sign up for a year and take 30% off your subscription, or you can sign up for your first month for a dollar right now at hogsports.com. It's H-A-W-G-sports.com. I want to remind you real quick again to like, share, follow, comment on the video. If you haven't uh, thrown us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, then go ahead and do that as well. Only if you like the video or, or podcast version of this. So, Danny... What else is going on in recruiting? There's a tight end out of Rutgers that's transferring that Arkansas is in the mix for. Also, you familiar with that?
1: Yeah, I am. But to be honest with you, Trey, I think Iowa, uh, the Hawkeyes, are going to mm-hmm. be pretty tough to beat. From what I understand, his father—I'm trying to look up his name now—but. Uh, The young man's father coaches at Northern Iowa, and and from what I hear, he's trying to get back closer to family, Mm -hmm. and of course, the Hawkeyes are in the mix, and when you think about Iowa, man, I mean, tip your cap to them. They had two of the best tight ends in the country last year. They're producing them as well or better than, than Arkansas has, so... Matter of fact, they just beat Arkansas for for one of the 2020 tight end targets, Elijah Yelverton, a kid who's been up here a few times and committed to Iowa recently, despite the fact that they signed three high school tight ends last year. So Mm -hmm. that tells you a lot about what they're doing with that position. So, uh, yeah, a a name to keep an eye on, but, um, you know, I... I, Arkansas has bigger
0: immediate needs than that. Yeah,
1: Yeah. but I will say this, dude... Arkansas is looking for a veteran tight end Mm -hmm. so I think what you're gonna see is obviously they're gonna sign two tight ends in the 2020 class but don't be surprised if they they find a transfer uh, even if he has to sit out this year like this kid would I believe yeah Um, eventually they're gonna need a veteran tight end and I, I do think they're loading up to try to find one even if he has to sit out a year you've got a forecast to that next year's depth chart. And as we've talked about, it's getting pretty thin there. So a total of three tight ends um, potentially for this year.
0: Yeah, well, I don't blame them at all. I mean, I'd say, you know, when you look at your immediate needs, you've got, you know, defensive back, linebacker, obviously huge needs. Uh, They've addressed a couple of things, like with Luke Jones at, at center. But if you look at 2020, then you're talking about Grayson Gunner and Hudson Henry. That's as you're right. tied in. Travis,
1: so. uh, Travis real quick, Trey, Travis Vokalek. Yeah. Is the, is I want to call him Volsky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I thought when I first looked at it, but yeah. So, uh, so that's a tight end situation. Basketball recruiting, obviously there's a lot going on there. Um, Jean Silla obviously committed, uh, I guess over the weekend and, Yesterday on drive time, Danny, I'm not going to say who, but somebody told me I was mispronouncing and it. it's not Gene Tall, it's John Tall. So yesterday on drive time, I called him John Tall Silla and then I looked it up again today just to make sure because I felt pretty sure it was Gene Tall and it is Gene Tall. So yesterday I called him John Tall uh, all day yesterday, <laughs> but uh, he's a much needed guy, 6'7", 215 pound guy that, uh, you know, you could say he could play inside or outside Um a decent three-point shooter, decent rebounder, guy that can play above the rim some, but also has a perimeter game and an 84% free throw shooter. Uh, we've talked about several of the other guys. Kyrie Walker, I think everybody wants Kyrie Walker. Um, and then there are some options like Kadeem Sy. You, you want a big guy. So, Kadeem Sy, Kerry Blackshear out of Virginia Tech, and uh, who's the other one? Um, the Brooks kid out of Cincinnati would be another one uh, yep. that's a big guy. So, uh, but you released the, the big red board for basketball recruiting. We've always done that for football recruiting. And the reason Danny did that is because somebody asked. Somebody on the Razor's Edge Masterboard board said, hey, how about a basketball recruiting board? So Danny put it together. And then right after that, you put a baseball recruiting board together. For yeah,
1: him. somebody was giving me – I think it was Jaeger, our, our buddy Jaeger. Of course, yeah. he's been with us a long time on there. He kind of made a little yeah, smart yeah. aleck comment, well, what about baseball? So what he failed to realize is that I'm a smart aleck too. Mm-hmm. So I had to go ahead and dive into it oh, for Yeager, baseball. So.
0: Yeager fires stuff at me too all the time. I mean, fun. <laughs> he's that's a good fun dude. He's yeah, a he
1: really is. good dude. But yeah, on the basketball recruiting front, Trey uh, Jair Grayer coming in next Monday for an official visit. Obviously, the guy out of George Mason, six guard wing, whatever you want to call him. And again, he's going to be uh, he's kind of relying on the NCAA mm-hmm. to give him a fifth year of eligibility. Obviously, he's dealt with some with some injuries there. So Jair is coming in next Monday, and then uh, the guy that I really like, and I, again, you know, we keep talking about on Arkansas needs big man, but. Yeah, this is another 6'3 guard mm-hmm. coming out of high point, uh, Jihad Proctor. Yeah. That's the guy I really like. 19 I think points he averaged, a game. Yeah, yeah, 19 a game. I mean, you'll take that all day. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be coming in May 3rd through the 5th, so that will be next weekend, I guess. Man, the this, this spring's getting away from us, you know. It is. <laughs> it's starting to – before you know it, you'll be going to SEC football media. Oh, day, my so.
0: gosh, don't say that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot going on there, and then – Um, As you touched on, the baseball recruiting front, I think a lot of people need to go check that out. Uh, Think about this, Trey. If Arkansas had the number two uh, rated football or basketball recruiting class right now for the class of 2020, we would be writing about that thing Mm -hmm. every single day, every day. And so I do think it's fair and and deserved that, that we write about that baseball recruiting class. I mean, you heard Dave Van Horn talk before the season you know he's not one to really throw out a lot of bold comments, but he did say uh, in his introductory press conference or, or preseason press conference, he did say, uh, you know if I can keep that twenty class together, it's got a real chance. So mm. just the fact that he would go out and say something like that tells you, yeah, it's probably a pretty good class because they're already they're already pretty good, buddy.
0: yeah, they are. Danny West joining us here. Danny, do you realize we're less than a week out from our one year anniversary of moving to twenty four seven sports?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. It's, it seems Washed like it's, it's flown by, uh, and, you know, I think we've accomplished a lot in our first year. Still a long way to go. Yeah. You know, we want to keep growing this thing, but I think uh, what you've done with Facebook Live, and, of course, we started the Hog Hustle Show, and uh, it's been uh, a hit, a real hit for us, as well as this show here. So it's been busy. Um, you know, I think we both agreed going into it last year, for this first year man we're just uh, you know it's not going to be a lot of time off so yeah um and that's paid off Well that's what I thought for the hard 3 work years. Pay off.
0: I thought it'd be a 3. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought well, I was, I was where we, we were we could limit that
1: to 1 and I could take off the next 6 months after <laughs> the anniversary.
0: It took us 4 months from a subscriber standpoint to get where I thought we'd be after 2 years. So yes. Yeah. First of all, just thanks to everybody for believing in us and for That's understanding it. the move that we made and why we made it. I mean, if you look at some of the changes we made, I mean, we're everywhere. I mean, we are – our product is out there, the backing of CBS, some of the things that I felt strongly about. Um, but, I mean, it was it was tough starting out, but it was just amazing to see just the flood of support, people coming over and following us. I mean, we're way bigger from a subscriber standpoint than we ever were uh, before. And, uh, it's just been, it's been a huge, huge hit moving over. And, um, it's, I mean, like I said, it was a three year, it was a three year total plan, but I wanted to get back to our normal subscriber numbers after two years. And like I said, it took four months to get there. So, um, it's just overwhelmed good. with that and all the other things we've been able to do, our reach on Facebook here and, uh, just the, all the other things that we're able to do. It's been pretty amazing. Danny, you want to ask her, uh, get to a couple of questions here? Oh, Real sure. quick, before we I'm cut you out, we're going to be joined by Pete Roulier here in a little bit. Uh, we're doing an extra long show today. I'm going to test how how things are with people's viewership, for maybe go just a little bit longer than we normally do. Uh, mm-hmm. But Steve Culver asked, we going to get a, a LB grad transfer, also need a punter? Those are two areas yeah. that they absolutely need help in. I mean, you don't necessarily have to get a grad transfer punter, and you don't really, I don't know if they have room to get a grad transfer punter, but... You can get a guy at a high school, you know, that could hopefully come in and punt, but they need they need help in both those areas. Thoughts? Yeah, they do.
1: Uh, well, every week, every Monday morning, I kind of wake up and say, maybe this is the week they get a grad transfer linebacker, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I'm just kind of joking, but, I mean, it just seems like if it were going to happen, I, I thought it would have already happened. Of course, we mm-hmm. saw – uh, the guy from Troy, uh, he just kind of fell off the board. Maybe they found something they didn't like there, but yeah. um, I had I had him tagged early. Awesome. I thought, yeah, I thought it made a lot of sense to bring him in, but apparently that's, that fell through. So, you know, if they are on anybody going into the summer here, I haven't heard it. So just to be honest with you, I haven't seen much movement there. Mm-hmm. In terms of punter. There's also, I mean, Danny,
0: you have to consider that, a lot of names will be coming out in the grad transfer panels sure. portal soon as the semester ends.
1: Yeah, yeah, as a lot of teams, you know, are still wrapping up spring football, maybe that's a possibility. So, I don't know. I've seen you punt a football in a time or two, Trey. Maybe you could help them out. I don't know.
0: I wish I had punted in college. I think I could have done it. I can't. I don't have the leg now at 41 years old. But uh, back in the day, I used to punt for Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, I think I could have competed right baseball. now. Do what?
1: keep going back to the baseball recruiting did you yeah. notice they've got a couple of kids from sheridan
0: yeah and two different classes play baseball Absolutely. yeah that's right so, hey sheridan has always been strong in baseball it's yeah, always been strong yellow in baseball. Jackets. i'll never forget uh, it was like two or three years after i graduated they got in that huge brawl with benton um was it benton i think it was benton benton um came back on them uh, in the state championship game and they got in that big brawl but uh, i don't remember it that's, yeah it was it was it was one of it was one of the top ten news stories in Arkansas that year. You know, when everybody does their end of the year <laughs> Congratulations, thing. Congratulations. I think the headline was uh, was Benton wins state championship, Sheridan wins the fight.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I um, love Sheridan. Love
0: it. <laughs> All right, Danny, let's see what else we got here. Um, if you had to predict – this is from Courtney Pugh. If you had to predict the next football commit, who do you think it would be?
1: Well, that's a good question. Obviously, you've got three guys that we're aware of coming in next week. Uh, we talked about Jahari Rogers. I would, I would be hesitant to, to call him a real strong possibility. Mm-hmm. But the other two, Damn. Brandon Frazier, the tight end out of McKinney North, Texas. Yeah. Um, I, I would keep a really close eye on him. And Garrett Hayes is just, you know, he's kind of a – I don't know. He's a hard guy to read. A kid out of Athens, Texas, four-star offensive lineman that they've been on for well over a year – wouldn't surprise me, but then again, nothing would surprise me with Garrett Hayes. He's, um, you know, just to be transparent with you, he's probably one of my favorite recruits to talk to at this point. Uh, we, I do a lot of Snapchat and Trey. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you can teach an old dog new tricks, so he and I like to do Snapchat, and I really enjoy talking to that kid, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I would probably look at one of those two guys, you know, just because they're coming in next weekend.
0: mm mm-hmm. How are your allergies doing, Danny? Mine are finally starting to kick in. I thought I was going to get through without any allergies, but they're finally... Well,
1: I, I'm finally starting to clear up a little bit. You are. We've got so, different, yeah. different,
0: different, different types of pollen, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. We needed this rain, though, to, to knock some of it down. You yeah, know?
0: absolutely. So it's I went weird. down to Little Rock over the weekend, and everything was yellow. Everything's covered in yeah. yellow. Yeah. Um, so, Keith Grayson, I brought his graphic up a second ago. It says, Arkansas safeties can't be in your top ten until we see some production. Come on, dude.
1: <laughs> he's a show-me guy. And he's right, Trey. I mean, you think about it. Every year, we hype somebody up, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not really our fault because they are impressive in spring or whatever. And then we, we put all these expectations out there, and they get out there on the field. And, you know, I'm not saying Cam is going to do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I thought he looked good this spring, really good matter of fact i said i might even have him higher in my list but mm-hmm. i mean it, there is you know when you're two and ten and you've got that kind of defense i mean it is hard to put individuals <laughs> you know too high on a list like that
0: mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are going after keith which happens. oh really yeah they don't, they don't that's
1: good he probably deserves it yeah oh yeah there's no
0: question he deserves it <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see what else we got here Ooh. A lot of comments, no comments. Um, Terry says, this is Terry Roy, who's always, Terry Roy. always controversial.
1: He blocked me on Twitter, Terry. Take me off of that, man. What Terry,
0: do? come on. Take him off Jeez. Twitter. I got Keith's graphics still up. Uh, Terry says, I learned not to pay attention to sports writers. Most are good. Most are good that, at writing. That's why he blocked me. Yeah. He, I mean, he probably didn't <laughs> like that I left. Terry, just leave me blocked. He probably buddy. didn't le- like that it. I left Devil off the top ten list. but um,
1: uh, yeah, He might be on
0: some. Hey, I, I strongly consider it. I like Terry. I Terry's think, a
1: really good guy.
0: Oh, he's definitely informed. There's no question. We we get at odds every once in a while, but uh, definitely respect his opinion. Uh, Brandon Davis says he hopes to see Sosa break out this year. Won't hold his breath, though. Bumper's pulls freshman year was more impressive than anything he's seen from a game so far. Uh, let's see if I got any other questions for you, Danny. Um, oh, what's the deal with Blaine Toll from Hazen? You got the answer on that. Spill <laughs> just, it. Spill just it.
1: Just throw that one at me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Blaine, I think is is really filling that Oklahoma offer. I think they're one of the most recent offers for him. He took a trip out there, and you know you're going to have that man, uh, an in-state guy that blows up. Arkansas was a little bit late to the party in terms of offering. Obviously, they had they were early to the party in terms of getting on him, evaluating him, bringing him to a lot of camps. So they've done their homework, man. I'll I'll put it that way. And, uh, you know, again, you've had guys leave the state, and that's okay. But um, from what I understand, Oklahoma really made a strong impression for him. So we'll see where he goes from here. But I like Blaine a lot. Whoever gets him is going to get a guy with a lot of potential. Maybe not, you know – uh, four-star status like everybody's uh, looking at, maybe I would put him as a high three, mm. you know, just based on potential, but I do think he's he's got a lot of potential, so uh, yeah, we'll see.
0: Garrett Haley says, Keith Grayson, you seem like the type of guy who eats cereal with a fork. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, it's good. Getting on him. Yep. Uh, so, Danny, I guess we'll go ahead and let you go. I want to ask everybody, if you like what the what Danny West brought to the show today, go ahead and throw that thumbs up. If you haven't, be sure to uh, like, share, follow, thumbs. comment on the video. If you haven't subscribed to hogsports.com, like I said, it's a dollar for your first month if you want to try it out. Or you can sign up for a year, take a seven-day free trial, get 30% off your first year. Danny, any last words to add before we move on to Pete Roulier?
1: No, go ahead and move on to him. I'll be on uh, Out of Bounds today at one thirty, as opposed to 2 o'clock because of the baseball game starting for gotcha. you today. So uh, that'll be my next appearance.
0: I got you. So do, be sure to tune in to Danny West later today on Out of Bounds 1037 The Buzz. One of our great partners, 1037 The Buzz, do a lot of good stuff. We also have the Hog Hustle Show, which I guess will be on tomorrow. Uh, which is uh, aired at, what is it going to be at 8 o'clock? It's usually at 7 o'clock Think on so. Tuesdays on the Hog on 1037 The Buzz in, in Central Arkansas. So, And you can listen to that via podcast also. So, All right, Danny. Appreciate you joining us, man. All right, man. We'll see you. Bye. All right. We're going to go ahead and move straight on into Pete Roulier, and he's going to discuss the latest in Razorback Baseball. Howdy. Hey, Pete, you're on Hog Sports Live. Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk a little Razorback baseball. We've gone a while here. We're at 38 minutes uh, into the show, so this is our longest show that we've ever had, just kind of testing out how the traffic goes for something like that. So 19-2, they hammered them, uh, called the ninth, <laughs> yeah. bottom of the ninth inning uh, due to, to rain. Uh, you think they're going to play today?
2: I didn't think they were going to play today, but now I'm sipping my coffee, getting ready for the game because it looks like it's going to happen. I'm actually in the middle of Fayetteville here.
0: It's
2: clear skies, man. I I didn't expect it to happen. But talking about the ninth inning, um, I think everyone in the stands is ready to go. Once the rain came, uh, everyone's girlfriend, mom, everyone was just out of there. But uh, it looked like Van Horn wanted to get that last inning in. He uh, put the tarp on, the rain stopped, and he went to go check
0: the dirt and said he couldn't do it. But Mm -hmm. Yeah, you hear that, Dan stuff? Pete Roulier says you're full of crap. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> about.
2: <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I guess with it's, this got job, a, it's I'm hard kind of to be. A, it's up. hard
0: to be a weatherman, Pete.
2: <laughs> I know. I've kind of got thrown in that role a little bit, covering baseball, I was trying to figure out what's going to happen. I'm not good at it. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not a great
0: weatherman, but I, I try my best. Yeah. So Pete Roulier joining us here, our our lead baseball guy, does a lot of other things for us uh, at hogsports.com, pounds out a lot of articles. You can read all this stuff at hogsports.com. Uh, so what what else is going on in hog baseball? Who do they have this weekend after the uh, the North, Northwestern State? And I guess that's this is the, lead, the last midweek series. Is there one next week also, and then that's it, I think?
2: Yeah, there's a game against Grambling that's going to be in Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're trying to do that every year. Mm-hmm. Um so besides that, yes, this will be the last midweek game, which is, uh, I think, I think, is nice for everybody just kind of get into the groove. Like mm-hmm. this is this is the competition you're gonna be playing every day from now on. So nothing easy anymore. Um, it's last midweek game. You're gonna be throwing a bunch of freshman pitchers to see if anybody's gonna step up and maybe find a role in the rotation. Um, so it's a it's a big day for those freshmen. Honestly, this is their last chance to kind of. Yeah, show coach what they can do and um but in terms of next weekend they're taking on tennessee who has kind of got off to a rough start in sec play yeah. getting swept by auburn but i mean george is probably the best team in the sec right now in mm-hmm. terms of uh play maybe you could put arkansas in there mm-hmm. um but but george and arkansas are definitely at the top of the sec and Two weekends ago, Tennessee took two or three games against Georgia, and then last week they went ahead and swept Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, coached by Tony Vitello, who's a uh, former assistant in Arkansas, and he's really trying to program around, he's done a great job. Um, they're going to be tough, and uh, that's just what happens right, at, at this point in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that one goes. It's going to be a bomb, and the Razorbacks have been killing it and bombed this. I think they're on a six-game winning streak. I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's a six-game winning streak. And uh, all a bomb, so that they're they're going to try to take advantage of this opportunity and get as many wins as they can, like to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Pete Roulier joining us here. So Arkansas and Northwestern State's uh, slated to play at three o'clock today in Baum Walker Stadium. Arkansas is thirty-one and ten right now. So Pete, you just wrote an article on the uh, the NFL draft, and Arkansas has got four hopefuls. There's obviously a lot more players that are hoping to get in there, but Arkansas has got four hopefuls: Armand Watts, Ryan Pulley. Yelda Froholt and uh, Dijon Harris. So those are the four guys that we kind of got our eye on. Obviously, none of those – not Dijon Harris, excuse me, Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw. Uh, Dijon Harris is still at Arkansas, thankfully. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So uh, all four of those guys have a good, decent chance to get drafted. None of them are going to get drafted tomorrow, most likely. None of them are going to get drafted Friday either. Right. Who do you think is going to be the first guy off the board?
2: It's, it's going to be – Pro Holt, I'm almost positive it's going to be Pro Holt.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, just because he's been highly touted for years.
0: Yeah, he's uh, been the guy that most people have projected to go first.
2: And if you look at a bunch of stuff that comes out on CBS Sports, even a little bit on 24-7, they, if Arkansas hadn't have gone 2-10, and 10, I think it might have been a different story for Pro Holt. He's really yeah. under-the-radar guy that a lot of people love. Yeah, and A lot of teams will like what they saw. And of course, he's just a good guy, so he's
0: impressed yeah. <laughs>
2: every team he's been with. Yeah, um, he's
0: strong. He didn't run a terrible 40. He's smart, obviously. He can play center, can play guard also. So um,
2: Athletic, too. So, he he did well in his three cone hmm. and uh, the uh, short shuttle, which is – I mean, when you're talking about an offensive lineman, you don't have to run very far. So, yeah. short shuttle.
0: I can see yeah, Armand Watts having a, a decent NFL career. I mean, he's a guy that didn't emerge until his last year, didn't run a very good 40 time, but, I mean – Got into the backfield a ton last year. Played very well against Alabama. Uh, that's something that's going to stand out to a lot of teams also. I think Ryan Pulley has a lot of ability uh, to, to potentially make an NFL roster. When I say a lot of ability, I'm not talking like these guys are going to be stars or anything, but I think uh-huh. Pulley has the potential to make an NFL roster. And I think Dre Greenlaw is somebody that could – Um, possibly fill in at like, you know, the safety or maybe a linebacker hybrid safety type of role. You see more and more of that in the NFL these days. Um, So I could see him possibly fitting in somewhere like that. So uh, you watch NBA, any Pete, keeping up with the playoffs?
2: I I, I have been watching the NBA. And uh, I mean, after the game, I think, I think it was after the game last night, I was just checking on Twitter and then I saw the uh, Oklahoma city and the Portland game and just, just watching tweets on the way home mm-hmm. just going back and forth now they're tied now they not tied and then Dame Willard with that amazing shot that was, that was incredible
0: yeah yeah it is um,
2: so Next question
0: let's see tonight you've got uh, what do you got you got Jazz Rockets tonight and then you've got Clippers Warriors uh, so those are the two games tonight and then um, you've got tomorrow you've got Nuggets Spurs and then I guess it's to be determined everything after that so uh, all right, Pete, I think we've, we've gone about 45 minutes here, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap you up unless you've got any last words of wisdom you want to offer.
2: Any last words of wisdom? Uh, I can go back to what you said about the NFL, and I was reading some interesting things about uh, some mock drafts where the Chiefs took Dre Greenlaw, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a really good fit for him because they like to have some help on special teams. And yeah, uh, If you have watched Dre Greenlaw in Arkansas, then you know that he's a, he's a hard worker. He's going to give it his all. It's great for him on special teams, but they're also moving to a 4 3 defense. And I think that would be perfect for Dre. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be interesting to look out and that would be a good landing spot for him. And that's all I got for you today.
0: Yep. All right, Pete. Thank you for joining us, man. All right. That was Pete Roulier, our lead baseball guy that also does basketball, football, recruiting, all that kind of stuff. So. Let's see what else we got here. Let's answer a few questions, then I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I want to remind you real quick again, go ahead and throw us that like if you haven't. Throw us that thumbs up. Rate us five stars on pop, on podcast. Uh, so Dustin Hoofman says, how well do you think the team is growing in the Morris system? I think they're going to take a huge leap this year just because uh, it's year two. Morris has said they taught the culture last year. This year he expects them to live the culture. So uh, that's where – Things are right now with Razorback football, but you also got to consider they're going to take a big leap because they've improved the quarterback position. Really, have improved everything. When you look at next year's roster, they're going to be mostly uh, Chad Morris recruits on the roster, and everybody who's not who doesn't want to buy in is really gone. I mean, they've had seventeen players enter the transfer portal over the last year, and thirty-one players leave the team early over the last year, over the last seventeen months or so. Uh, Terry says, "I understand lists are for likes and ads, so there's other guys who belong on the list, like John White." John White, I'm not sure what you mean there, Terry. The former, the former chancellor, he doesn't belong on the list. Dustin Hoofman says, "Any chance Curtis Washington gets in the starting lineup of his performance lately? I think there's a potential. I mean, the guy's been hitting the ball." Uh, extremely well. All right, everybody. I want to thank everybody for joining us here. I don't know if anything else I can add about throwing us a like or thumbs up or sharing the video, following the page, all that kind of good stuff. We'll be back on here next week to discuss Razorback Sports. We'll jump on, if there's any any kind of breaking news, we'll jump on for that kind of stuff too. But, again, if you like the video, be sure to tell your friends. So, for Pete Roulier for Danny West, this has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. We'll catch you next time.